people who were now totally devoted to our family and would go out of their way when they were in Europe to drop by B for a day or two with their family and take a nostalgic tour of their old digs. At meals, there were frequently two or three other guests, sometimes neighbors or relatives, sometimes colleagues, lawyers, doctors, the rich and famous who'd drop by to see my father on their way to their own summer houses. Sometimes we'd even open our dining room to the occasional tourist couple who'd heard of the old villa and simply wanted to come by and take a peek and were totally enchanted when asked to eat with us and tell us all about themselves, while Mafalda, informed at the last minute, dished out her usual fare. My father, who was reserved and shy in private, loved nothing better than to have some precocious rising expert in a field keep the conversation going in a few languages while the hot summer sun, after a few glasses of Rosatello, ushered in the unavoidable afternoon torpor. We named the task Dinner Drudgery, and after a while, so did most of our six-week guests. Maybe it started soon after his arrival during one of those grinding lunches when he sat next to me, and it finally dawned on me that, despite a light tan acquired during his brief stay in Sicily earlier that summer, the color on the palm of his hands was the same as the pale, soft skin of his soles, of his throat, of the bottom of his forearms, which hadn't really been exposed to too much sun. Almost a light pink, as glistening and smooth as the underside of a lizard's belly. Private, chaste, unfledged, like a blush on an athlete's face or an instance of dawn on a stormy night. It told me things about him I never knew to ask. It may have started during those endless hours after lunch when everybody lounged about in bathing suits inside and outside the house. Bodies sprawled everywhere, killing time before someone finally suggested we head down to the rocks for a swim. Relatives, cousins, neighbors, friends, friends of friends, colleagues, or just about anyone who cared to knock at our gate and ask if they could use our tennis court. Everyone was welcome to lounge and swim and eat and, if they stayed long enough, use the guest house. Or perhaps it started on the beach, or at the tennis court, or during our first walk together on his very first day when I was asked to show him the house and its surrounding area, and, one thing leading to another, managed to take him past the very old forged iron metal gate as far back as the endless empty lot in the hinterland toward the abandoned train tracks that used to connect B to N. Is there an abandoned station house somewhere? he asked, looking through the trees under the scalding sun, probably trying to ask the right question of the owner's son. No, there was never a station house. The train simply stopped when you asked. He was curious about the train. The rails seemed so narrow. It was a two-wagon train bearing the royal insignia, I explained. Gypsies lived in it now. They'd been living there ever since my mother used to summer here as a girl. The gypsies had hauled two derailed train cars further inland. Did you want to see them? Later, maybe. Polite indifference. As if he'd spotted my misplaced zeal to play up to him. And was summarily pushing me away. But it stung me. Instead... He said he wanted to open an account in one of the banks in B, then pay a visit to his Italian translator, whom his Italian publisher had engaged for his book. I decided to take him there by bike. The conversation was no better on wheels than on foot. Along the way, we stopped for something to drink. The bar, Tabacaria, was totally dark and empty. The owner was mopping the floor with a powerful ammonia solution. 
we stepped outside as soon as we could. A lonely blackbird sitting in a Mediterranean pine sang a few notes that were immediately drowned out by the rattle of the cicadas. I took a long swill from a large bottle of mineral water, passed it to him, then drank from it again. I spilled some on my hand and rubbed my face with it, running my wet fingers through my hair. The water was insufficiently cold, not fizzy enough, leaving behind an unslaked likeness of thirst. What did one do around here? Nothing. Wait for summer to end. What did one do in the winter then? I smiled at the answer I was about to give. He got the gist and said, don't tell me. Wait for summer to come, right? I liked having my mind read. He picked up on dinner drudgery sooner than those before him. Actually, in the winter the place gets very gray and dark. We come for Christmas, otherwise it's a ghost town. And what else do you do here?